All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Greetings, I, was to do it. I can't do the high pitch thing like Jordan can. Welcome to Cast Co-op, the podcast in which three podcast hosts cast together. I am one of your hosts, Luke Lore, host of the Xbox Expansion Pass, the Insipid Ghost. And I am joined by two of my good friends. Well, one and a half if you have to get technical. The first, of course, is Season Gaming's Ainsley Bowden, host of the BitCast. Hello, sir. Hello. Why am I only getting a half? That's not cool. Ains, you said a lot of hurtful things lately. Okay? <laughs> you said a lot of hurtful things. So here we are. No, here I'm good, are. man. Uh, glad to be here as always. This is one of my favorite casts that I get to do with you guys. Um, it's always a good laugh, and uh, the community is awesome. So what's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be fun, I'm sure. It will indeed. <laughs> and, of course, host of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. Mr. Joseph Moran, Mr. Bad Bit. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You're doing good. You published uh, some good work there. You guys have had a chance in this PlayStation community to celebrate a director's cut recently released, I believe. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I and apparently it's not even really worth the ten dollar upgrade. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have guessed? Not me. Is, you're being facetious, right? Because from what I hear, is pretty meaty expansion on there. Is that true? The expansion's very meaty. So depending on um, the reviewer, they're saying anywhere between four to six hours of just okay. story content mm-hmm. and then extra content on top of that. So it's around like a eight to 10 hour experience, give or take. Mm. Um, so the experience itself from, you know, you check out the trophy room <laughs> where we have Steve from uh, Squad State on to talk about it, but yeah, it, it's it's really good if you're a big fan of Ghost of Tsushima. But the PS5 upgrade is not necessary because the free upgrade they gave you back in October does a mm-hmm. really good job as well. So, yeah. So wait, uh, you had two. Up- I'm being serious. You've had two upgrades for this game. Yes one one is like an enhanced PS4 mode where it's at a locked, uh, not native 4K but 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. And it just has like the basic, you know, no adaptive triggers or dual sense. And then you have the upgrade, like the native PS5 game uh, that has the haptics. It has the adaptive triggers. It'll have close to native 4K and it does not break 60 <laughs> at all. That, that's, such, that's such a convoluted system. No way, why. really? <laughs> I don't know why they do it. It doesn't make any sense. so weird. Because they're a greedy company that wants money. (laughs) It makes sense to me. Just just give it to anyone who buys the expansion or something. Or do it. You're going to make extra money from the expansion. Just give the upgrade for free and say, by the way, you can also play this expansion. It's just funny to me because I think back to when we found out the names of these new systems, Series S and X. And PlayStation 4 and 5. And we all praised 4 and 5 for being easy to understand. Yeah. S and X, we were like, okay, is it the 1X? Is it Grandma at the store. But the grandmas, Luke, the grandmas. Grandma's going to have a friggin' aneurysm if (laughs) if her kid wants Ghost of Tsushima Upgrade 5 Super Edition expansion. Well, listen, she has a hard enough time opening up that PS5. So, (laughs) SSD. It's just in pieces. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to remind you to renew your subscription for Thermal Grease, uh, Joe. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Our good friend. That joke James landed Suddy. the first time, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Sonny, by the way. My yeah. man in and out of the hospital. He's a trooper. He's a badass. Uh, we right. love him dearly. And I and I'm uh, he's going home today at the time of this recording. So much love nice. to you, my friend. Yeah, Couldn't yeah, get yeah. it right the first time, so he had to do it again. <laughs> Just like Sony. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to that PS5 revision. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Guys, we've got plenty to talk about on this week's yeah. episode. Call of Duty Vanguard has been officially announced. Ains, I'm anxious to pick your brain, not just about Call of Duty, but about... Oh, he's, he's already passed out. No, but sorry. I do sincerely want to discuss the opinions that we have about boycotting and not boycotting, not in terms of like, we should all boycott change.org, but like <laughs> philosophically why it's okay or not okay to buy a game for a company. Mm-hmm. I really want to have that conversation um, for sure. We of course are going to talk about Square Enix doing some strange oddities and royalty fees with the Outriders uh, developers. People can fly because there's uh, an interesting sets of breakdowns that I think we should examine uh, and then, of course, we are all playing uh, a couple different games. I've got the Wakanda expansion for Avengers. I know 12 Minutes is in rotation now as well. Um, we can't talk about it yet, but I'm playing a game that, that is not starring the Predator. That's all I can say there. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff, guys. Oh, my God. Thank you. Somebody sort of spoke there. I was like, someone say something. <laughs> We're playing. There's a Transformers game. There's a Transformers game. There's several, uh, in fact. Yep. Yep. Uh, All righty, guys. Well, let's start with this Call of Duty uh, bit here and there. Call of Duty Vanguard uh, has been announced. It is a, if I remember correctly, the campaign will star four multicultural heroes in World War II. And that's what I got. <laughs> that's what i'm thinking i got a lot of thoughts about that single player and my confidence in it i got a lot of thoughts about that multiplayer and my confidence in it but take it away did did either of you watch this trailer i watched it and yeah. i i can literally tell you there's a couple of germans shouting in a tank explosions from one war zone to the other mm-hmm. um it kind of gives me the feeling of battlefield one right where you, you it's the vignettes you know they they show you the european theater they mm-hmm. show you the pacific theater and like all these oh and also the 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 western front and so like they're showing you these different parts of the world and honestly if this was call of duty 10 plus years ago i'd be totally down because i'm like that was the one thing i was missing back in the day it was just constantly the european theater until world at war mm-hmm so, to me, watching this trailer, nothing, nothing hit, man. It was a snooze fest. I, what is, what else is there to say? It's a Call of Duty trailer. You get yeah. some cinematics. You get a lot of Michael Bay explosions. Cut to things that are deceitful gameplay that's not actually representative of what you're gonna get. And then Finn, that's it. Done. Yep. I am 100% with Joe, completely aligned. Um, I actually told someone earlier, I said, the only thing Call of Duty's done right the past few years is their trailer. Um, because mm-hmm. you get the same type of trailer every year, makes everything look amazing, and you know they try to kind of get the fans hyped up, which works, of course, um, but it's just fallen really flat for me lately. Um, the fact that their whole development cycle that they had going for a few years with Sledgehammer, Treyarch, and Infinity Ward is screwed up as of last year. 
uh, Cold War launched. Um, our reviewer, Phasma, who listens to this show, couldn't even finish the game because the campaign was so broken. But um, then what did she go ahead and say on Twitter of course, right after? Of course, which I already, I, already, I already gave her crap about, by the way. Right, well, um, let's, we'll tell the listeners, though, because that oh, was yeah, that she, she already saw the trailer today and pre-ordered because she's super excited for Vanguard. So I, I'm interrupting only to say Call of Duty Cold War was a broken mess of a game. Uh-huh. Consistently, yeah. I could not play with my friends. Yeah. Um, and my, my buddy Kev tried to tell me that it was a me problem, meaning that like nobody else had issues with it. No. Uh, and... I thought that mess, that game was an absolute mess. It's still Call of Duty, so you're able to have those bursts of fun, but it really fell flat. And I am surprised by two things. Mm. One, people are excited about this, this World War II Call of Duty shooter yeah. uh, after the broken mess that was Cold War. And two, for all the hoopla about Activision, and I didn't see much of that on my timeline either. Oh. And that was odd. And the, on your first point, all the things that led to Cold War being broken last year have happened again with this game. The development was scrapped. They had to move different teams in. Sledgehammer's been made a support studio. Treyarch took yeah. over main development. Pandemic obviously still going on. There's still a lot of things that could contribute to this game being a mess, which is why we kind of all knew, as Joe said, the trailer they showed today was a bunch of cinematics and mix mash there's not a whole lot showing the game itself in fact what they came out at the very end of this presentation and said is we'll talk more about the specifics i have it somewhere uh a few weeks before launch which tell it should tell Oof. you if you pay attention to these things that they're coming down to the wire and you can mm-hmm. damn well expect some things are going to be messed up at launch on this game yeah. just like cold war also i forgot to mention uh the african front as well they show off all these things have been covered by call of duty and i feel like it's just we're going over familiar territory just to go over familiar territory i, I like none of like and it sucks to say because like you know world war ii is a a moment in time right um that actually happened but it's like it's kind of like i'm looking at these things going been there done that mm-hmm. like i'm looking at the the you know the african front with the tanks and i'm like i did this in call of duty too you know i look at the the western front i did that in call of duty uh too i i, I look at the european theater i did that in call of duty like what one two and three and then you know the pacific front did that in you know in, in uh in world at war so to me none of this like, they have to show me something really unique in terms of, like, actually the Pacific Theater. Um, I think there was in Call of Duty 3, or no, World of War, where you're fighting in the Philippines. I would love to see more of the island-to-island combat um, that actually happened there. That would be really cool. Uh, but, yeah, like, I know we're not going to get that because we just see some dude in an airplane. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so we're going to have aerial combat. It's going to be watered down and not great. Um, no, it's going to be the it, same call-in nonsense you've seen for kill streaks yeah. a million times. I mean, Call of Duty, in terms of innovating game mechanics, is lifeless. Absolutely yeah. lifeless. Um, it is I, lifeless in its multiplayer, but we must credit Warzone for coming into a Fortnite world and doing well. Yeah, well, I'm Warzone's, yeah. Yeah, Warzone's huge. And I think, honestly, we don't know, right? But I think that's part of why development for these games got thrown into flux as well, is that Warzone really took off 
Um, and now they have to figure out how to keep supporting Warzone and mixing it in with their new releases, which, of course, they did today, right? They did a reveal within Warzone for, for Dansk, um, which is part of this, uh, you know, the era. But it, I don't know, guys. I'm I'm pretty negative on Call of Duty. I've had the years where, like, like Modern Warfare two years ago, I bought uh, day one, which was the first Call of Duty I bought day one and a few years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it for what it was. You know, got bored of the multiplayer pretty quickly because it's, I don't know, it's same old, same old to me. Yeah. But I just, I can only take so much of the same stuff every year of kind of like mixed up development, lack of innovation, the the gunplay and kind of the kill streaks and the moment to moment multiplayer action is so samey year in, year out. I just, yeah, it doesn't do much for me anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's my problem also is that when I play Call of Duty and when it works, it's fun, but it's the same game I played 10, 15 years ago. And and I say that in a negative way, whereas there are other games from like the same game I played 10 years ago and I'm happy. There's something about Call of Duty that does feel stale next to a genre that's evolving. What I am curious about, uh, I suppose there's several things I'm curious about. In, in what I have heard, I have not played Battlefield 2042, <laughs> I have not played it. Right, okay, so I've not played it. And I want to be very clear with that. But what I've seen on the socials and in the Reddits, uh, is, is not compelling to make me think that game is ready. From what I hear and see about, uh, from what I hear and see about Call of Duty, my inclination is to say something very similar. <laughs> and our two military shooters are launching. Halo will probably by the by the time this when the show's launching tomorrow, by the end of this month, we are likely to know the Halo's release date, yep. and we think we've got a good idea of exactly where it's landing. Um, it's if halo is ever going to be successful it'll be with this launch this is the best case scenario for yeah, halo yeah. like yeah. the no best doubt. case scenario for it and uh if i'm ea i'm delaying the mess out of battlefield <laughs> and let call of duty's damage be done because i don't i, I if ever halo, if if ever halo is going to be successful it's this year and if ever call of duty is going to fail it will be this year right because call of duty is this this juggernaut but with the activision stuff and the Troubled state of Cold War. Mm-hmm. Vanguard might be a disaster as well. Now, when I say disaster, I don't mean that in the inflammatory YouTuber way. I realize as soon as I said that word, that's a right. bigger word than just like, oh, it may not go well. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, am I off in thinking any of those things? Am I exaggerant? Am I all caps YouTube titles? Shock face? The only thing I would – sorry, Joe, go ahead. <laughs> now, Luke, listen. I'm a gamer <laughs> just like you. All right. How long have you okay. been gaming? I've <laughs> – 50 some odd years at this point oh my goodness i've been playing call of duty since i was a toddler toddler. (laughs) yeah um no like and i think i want yeah exactly no i i i take a look at the call of duty situation and i think you're right i think if this is halo's year to shine like if i am call of duty i am a little bit nervous if i'm battlefield and if the state of that game is from what we've heard um i'm quite alarmed (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i i am petrified because i I would if it is as broken as i did not you know i can only take a a guess from reddit if if it's as bad as what people are saying that game needs to be pushed because i think the 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 fate of battlefield is on that game and it, it ought to for that fan base be shippable Anyway, uh, if if I'm Halo, I'm feeling really confident right now 
where I feel like I can make a serious dent in the holiday cycle with Halo. Like, I really feel like even after watching this trailer, Halo could come out before, after, or during the week of Call of Duty and kick its ass. Fair. I want I, them to. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I would love to see that. Um, and call. let's remember, right, that to Warzone is free, of course, and they'll get the yeah. update with the Verdanks. But to play uh, Vanguard multiplayer is still a paid entry, just like it's always been. You're paying, and it's $70 for new consoles, by the way, even on Xbox. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Whereas Halo multiplayer is free to play, as we know, and campaign will be in Game Pass, which is however many million subscribers by the end of the year on PC yeah. and Xbox. But I don't know. The, the one thing I would only say to that, Luke, which continues to surprise, I can't say disappoint me because it's not my money and I don't care, <laughs> but I, I am baffled. Yeah. And I'm not pointing at Phasma or any of my other friends because I already know a couple other people that I know will buy Call of Duty, despite... Sure complaining about how bad cold war was and how bad like the online net code is i mean literally i run into call of duty complaining every week that we talk they, about games and yet yeah they just announced like a new anti-cheat thing right yeah and i mean companies announce that stuff all the time right we'll see if it actually has any impact but i love that anti-cheat had to be their selling point yeah, <laughs> that's what i needed in our game yeah if you yeah. can't read the line between the lines here that this game's going to be kind of messy like cold war was you're not paying attention and i just i don't i don't understand the mentality of getting literally paying someone to punch you in the face year after year i just don't get it and people will say well i have fun with it and it's like well do you because all I really do is hear you complaining about how broken it is. So I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. That said, I did like Cold War's multiplayer okay. a lot. I was pretty darn good at it. Luke could agree with that. Um, yeah. And maybe that it, it maybe that's why I liked it so much. But like, yeah, the single player wasn't good enough. And if I have the choice of spending $70 on a multiplayer game that I know I'm going to give up on in about two and a half months after release, or walk into a Halo experience where it's free. <laughs> it's it's from what we've played polished. and what we've seen, it is incredibly yeah. polished. And I'm going to choose Halo. <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, I, I think Halo is also the only one that is feeling different out of all these games. And I think that's true too. taking yeah. the five-year break away from Halo, or what is it, five or six-year six. break from Halo, mm -hmm. yeah, is, yeah, is what that franchise desperately needed and i think i think halo's in a good state um but i do want to say this <sighs> with all the drama coming out of vanguard or, or activision blizzard rather mm -hmm. um you know with with the california lawsuit um it goes to note that and i want to get their name right here matt piscatella over mm -hmm. at mpd has predicted um Call of Duty Vanguard will be the best-selling game in 2021, right? Yeah. So do you think that all these boycotts, outrage, the, the, the fact that so many people are... What's the word I want to use? Maybe tired of the Call of Duty formula or the way that these, these games have come out in the recent years. Does that shock you that MPD is like, still going to be the best-selling game? So, like, what is, and if it isn't, then what is a quote-unquote failure for Call of Duty this year? So, can I say one thing, Luke? Because yeah. I realize I, I want to make sure people understand, like, I'm because I, I was thinking back to what I said, and it's like, 
I think one of the concepts that is out there with Call of Duty is it it, it it's almost like we've it, it's the fall blockbuster that comes out every year, right? Yeah. It's almost like it's becoming like the Fast and Furious movies where it's like, you know, it's like you know it's going to be stupid. You, you know this, you know, it's just a big budget see it with your friends popcorn type event. Mm-hmm. And I'm Call of Duty has kind of filled that space. And I know so many people who are like, they just buy it every year to play with the group of friends that play Call of Duty every year. That mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's awesome. I just, I don't understand the mentality of the lack of innovation. I think that gets to me. But um, the other point, Joe, um, to the Halo thing that I, trust me, nothing make me happier to see Halo kind of on top of the world again. But the fact of the matter is PlayStation is the biggest install base for these games. Uh, for Call of Duty, I mean, and Halo's not on PlayStation. So right away, you know, the fact that they're on one extra platform that has, what, 130 plus million users at this point or whatever it may be, you know, 100 plus easily right. uh, plays a big Don't worry, in a year, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you know, it, I don't know what failure looks like for Call of Duty. I think they yeah, will be the so. number one selling. They're always the number one selling. Um, Cold War, and if you look at the MPD that came out for 2021, just last week, Call of Duty was at the top of it for this year too with Cold War. So it's like failure. I think for them is not doing as well as the game prior, yeah, right? Okay. And that was that was something that they saw that happen with Infinite Warfare, yeah. where it didn't perform yes. as well as the as Black Ops Three. I believe that timeline lines up. Um, yes. Oddly, I liked Infinite Warfare. Uh, I liked it too. That was my yeah. actually favorite one until Modern Warfare. Wow, I, that's just a terrible opinion on both cases. <laughs> I like Infinity Ward of the three developers. I like their games the best. So. I think the worst part is I like Call of Duty, but I'm sick of it. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What is my favorite developer out of the two? I, I thought you were sighing for me and Luke saying <laughs> that we like Infinite Warfare. I mean, I'll half say, that, half. Treyarch is my it. least favorite of them. Me too. Yeah. Sledgehammer. Well, it, Sledgehammer. What's uh, the other one? Treyarch and Infinity, Treyarch and Infinity, Infinity, Ward. Infinity Ward. But Sledgehammer has been relegated now. Remember, they came out mm-hmm. and said Sledgehammer is going to be a support studio now, which is kind of what threw everything into flux. Right. Which well, like so, it's Sledgehammer, but like Raven as well. Like Raven helps with some of the remasters and some of the ma- yeah, multiplayer oof. maps. Yeah. Oof. Sometimes that's the problem. That's the fear of acquisitions of studios, for sure, is they get relegated to support duty. Um, I do want to reflect on the fact that I like Call of Duty, but I am, and I like Fast and Furious, but I'm tired of it. And I'm not, I haven't even seen the latest Fast and Furious. I don't <laughs> think I'm touching. Well, I know that philosophically I'm not touching an Activision game this year. And I want to have that conversation, if you guys don't mind. Um, in years past, uh, the past few years, I've gotten review codes for most Activision titles. Even if those come to pass this listen year, to him. I, listen to him spouting, I Joe. Listen oh, to him. I know how to make an email and curtail it to a PR's person's <laughs> trying to desire. Make goddamn oh. point here. <laughs> trying to trying to really, you know, speak right. to the people about my position on this. Right. Oh, now, 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 he, now he's calling them the people, Joe. You hear yeah, this? The you know, uh, okay. the commoners. I heard him All say. Right. Uh-huh. Go on, go ahead. Go, 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 ahead. go say a piece. Yeah, get on your pedestal so Anywho. you can reach the mic. I'm gonna back up. 
in years past, I've been fortunate enough to get review codes. And even if that comes to pass this year, I this time won't be snagging them. I won't be taking advantage of them. Cold War let me down in a lot of gameplay methods, but that's okay. It's the, the plight of a reviewer and whatnot. However, philosophically, after everything that's gone on with Activision this year, I just kind of wanted to wash my hands of it for uh, a short-term period to see if indeed anything does get better. What was interesting to me in watching this announcement is Belinda Garcia is somebody I've followed on Twitter for some time. She's involved with Call of Duty Vanguard as a writer. And so I had that really interesting moral conundrum of saying, all right, even if it's a review code, I don't plan on covering it. Uh, if if the chance comes where it's on sale or something, I'm not going to be spending my money in it. And simply put, I'm going to be putting my attention elsewhere. There's a lot of things this fall anyway, so it's an right. easy decision. Yeah. And then to see a person that I, I appreciate on socials, I do not know Belinda Garcia, but I appreciate her work and see her on socials, and I value a lot of what she d- says and does. Be tied to it, I had that, that moral conundrum, right? And I've seen Diablo 2 come out, and I know that Ains, you and several of your friend group are playing it. Yeah. Uh, we, well, the beta, yeah. Okay, so the beta, all right. But we've referenced in, in, our, in brief conversations the fact that you guys are playing it with no worry about a, a philosophical boycott. I don't mean, again, the change.org mess. I just mean in general, like, you know, I don't want to feel comfortable. So I'm in that moral conundrum. I stand by and I am not going to play or purchase or support Activision this year. Okay. But it did kind of kick me a little bit seeing miss garcia and seeing you guys talk about diablo and i'm like all right am i wrong here where do i stand do i stand firm in what i said before and i do but i want to know where you guys are coming from and joe um if you would hold off and hear ains's response before weighing in that'd be amazing i just want to say audience did you hear he said stand stand back and stand by God damn it. Dude. Oh, I got alarmed. Dude. I got alarmed. As a Hispanic, Dude. I wanted to run out the door. Come on, man. Come on. He said stand by twice. Uh, I was like, this is a funny joke. I, I don't even know why he keeps putting pictures of boats in our private chat right now. This is I hate it here. This is weird. This is the worst. Really? I'm trying to have this deep conversation. Yeah. In the genesis of this show, I was like, guys, it'll be great. We'll all host podcast. We'll bring our our minds here. Yeah. Oh, like a fart in the wind. That was gone. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of in between on this one. Uh, uh, Shout out to uh, Steve, uh, who wrote a really good article on this for Season Gaming, uh, because he wrote about it from both perspectives, like understanding both perspectives of you are going to boycott or you're not going to boycott. Um, and not taking a stand, but just kind of giving the philosophical approach to both uh, sides. Um, you know, good people on both sides type thing, Luke, for you. you um, um, well, hold on, Ains. I, did you see what Joe just put in chat? He said, get back to work, keep crunching, I want my game. That's <laughs> weird of you to say to Activision. They're, they're, they're doing 12-hour days, man. Yeah. Make it 13. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, you thought I'd back down. I I double down on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I let me be honest with you. Here's what I think, and people will probably disagree with me. I think that if you want to boycott, and that gives you, um, uh, you you kind of feel better about the fact that you're not putting money towards the publishing company, um that has done so much harm and does is so kind of wrong in their ideals and all these kind of 
uh, backwards thinking executives work at. I completely understand that. Um, and I think to a degree, just my opinion, to a degree, it'll have some effect. Uh, when I say some, I truly mean minimal. Um, because like whether we like it or not, minimal. say it again. I like cyberpunk minimal. They had to give back like a couple million dollars and they barely noticed that kind of thing. Oh, I, I don't know what you're referring to, but yeah. <laughs> if this well, is they had to refund a bunch of games, but oh, like they and, couldn't have yeah, cared on less. The, yeah, on the PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, that, that did nothing, right? It doesn't make any difference to them. It's pocket change. Um, but <clears throat> I think, um, where was I? Damn it. Made me lose my train of thought. Um, what a good point anyway. Yeah, no, it's fair. That's fair. Um, so my point being is, uh, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, good. So I think that will have minimal effect um, because whether we like it or not, that the broad range of people buying Call of Duty and to I think to a lesser degree Diablo because it's more of a specialized game, yeah. hardcore game. Um, but Call of Duty specifically being their biggest game by far, right? And the amount of money it generates, um, you know, you really haven't seen Warzone fall off, uh, and you haven't seen. Um, you're not going to see Call of Duty sales drop that much because the people just that are buying this in droves, the 99% aren't even aware of this situation. They have no idea anything's going on with Activision Blizzard. They walk in in November, say they want the new Call of Duty, and it's it's sold. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the other percentage who do know and don't care or do know and have decided, you know, I'm going to buy Call of Duty anyway, which subtracts the 1% even more. So my main point is it's financially, I don't think it's going to have a big enough impact of the people boycotting to really negatively or, or positively make any change at Activision. Now, what we did start seeing, uh, and I know I think we've talked about this, talked about some other people about this too, is we did start seeing executive, excuse me, corporate sponsors start pulling back from Activision mm-hmm. and Blizzard. We saw Overwatch's esports sponsor pull out. We saw I want to say Coke or you know two other big kind of sponsors of events for Activision pull back and Call of Duty as well. So. Once you start losing those things and you're talking about contracts that are tens or hundreds of millions of dollars um, and it starts impacting the bottom line of Activision Blizzard and the share price, their market cap, that's when Bobby Kotick comes running out to say anything he can to try and stop the bleeding, right? Um, That's the kind of stuff. So I think, again, damn it, man, I went long-winded again. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say, (laughs) I I was thinking I'm trying not to be as long-winded. but No, you're good. I think my perspective is that the only thing that's really going to impact is those types of events where the community has a big enough voice and comes together like they have over the past month to make corporate sponsors say, oh, we don't want our name associated with this. This is this is getting risky for us. Right. Our reputation that impacts the bottom line of Activision. That's when you're going to start to see change. The, the yeah. boycotting that I know you guys are doing, and I'm certainly not disagreeing with it. Like I said, it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't realistically think it's going to have much of an impact. Now, ideally, I'd be on that boat with you too. And I got to be honest again, I it would be near impossible for me to mentally not buy Diablo 2. Right. I just, you know. It's I, your game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is one of the all-time greats. And, and not to make excuses, if I thought that me not buying it would have a positive impact, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Really, honestly, I, I would stop mm-hmm. myself from buying, but I just don't think me buying Diablo 2 is going to have a realistic impact. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. 
Um, for me, I, I said it very much in the moment. I was like, I, I on the trophy room. I was like, I don't want to even talk about him. I don't want to cover him. It, it angers me, you know. Yeah. Um, knowing people that have to have gone through similar um, shitty things, it 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 angered me, rightfully so, as it should anger everyone. But yeah. looking as the weeks have gone by, I'm like, I actually don't know if that's the right approach because. Yeah, the damage isn't gonna be the impact's not gonna be big. I mean, look if the if if the 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 thing in Hong Kong didn't do anything to to them, you know, if nobody if, if they didn't see a like a, a hit from from the community other than people raising outrage, then they're not theoretically nothing big's gonna happen here. And I was talking to. Uh, a person who is in a, a very small indie thing in in New York, and I was talking to him about, hey man, I just want to get your you know your developer, I, I just want to get your insight. Well, if I didn't buy your thing, you know, if I boycotted your thing, you know, going back to Activision Blizzard, does that hurt you? And he's just like, honestly, I can understand why you would uh, want to boycott us or, or, or Activision Blizzard, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's your money. It's your if you don't feel comfortable, like you say, don't do it. But understand that, yeah, it, the 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 worst thing that's going to happen to us is that we don't hit a goal, and what end ends up happening there, a sales goal, is that our bonuses are going to be affected. Yep. So you are screwing me over. He's he's like, I know your heart's in the right place, but you would be screwing me over if you didn't do that. If it was a a mass thing. Yep. On the other hand. Um, well, well, then how do they learn then? Not they, the developer, the, the publisher. Well, and, and yeah. so here's here here's a Blizzard employee uh, on Twitter. I'm not going to say the name just just in case. They said, on one hand, I completely uh, agree and understand why people would want to spend their money elsewhere rather than support a company <clears throat> that doesn't align with their morals. On the other hand, it's real bad feeling for those of us women who still work and fight daily at said company. When mm-hmm. people don't spend money on our game, it affects my profit sharing and that's my bonus percentage. Yeah. Uh, the impact of this lawsuit might mean that in March, when my newborn goes into childcare and my maternity leave ends, I might not get the bonus I need to pay for that childcare. Um, and she says, I'll uh, skip one post and go to the last one. It feels a little bit different in a way, avoiding shopping at Hobby Lobby or eating at Chick-fil-A because most of us who signed up to join at said company had no idea what it would be like since it's so misaligned with the company values we project. And there's a lot of truth to that statement. When you're going into a company, you are going with, you know, what is it, the rose-colored glasses? Do I always mess that up? You know, you got it. Right, glasses, yeah. it. Where it's like, oh my God, I'm working for this company. I'm working for that company. This is going to be awesome. Then reality yeah. hits and it's just another company. <laughs> Don't just make your heroes. Like, yeah, exactly. So um, with that said, I take a look at those statements and I'm like, I kind of think I should have walked that back because I saw another post where one of the the community strategists at uh, at Infinity War or Sledgehammer now, whatever, uh, for this latest Call of Duty, she was just like, I can't believe I was the one that got to announce to the world Call of Duty Vanguard. Mm-hmm. This is the coolest feeling. And I can't reward that feeling for her. I can't spotlight that on the show because 
I kind of put, I feel like a foot in my mouth where what I should have done, I think is what uh, I see a lot of sites doing, which is when you're talking about Activision Blizzard, you put at the top, there's a lawsuit going on right now, sexual harassment, racism in the company, and then start with the article. Um, so it's at the top, people read it. And so, yeah, you get the click, you get, you know, they get that exposure, but those people are going to read first and foremost, the first paragraph that states that there's ongoing sexism and you know, <clears throat> racism and harassment allegations at said company. I think also retrospect, I think we should have went after the sponsors that we should have found the sponsors and literally said, Hey, Coca-Cola, this is what's happening over at this company. You have your sponsors there. Yes. I think that is a more tactical and more powerful way of boycott. We're just like, Hey, Coke, I ain't drinking another Coke product till you take that shit out of there. Yeah. And they'll do it lickety goddamn split because there's only three other like soda companies in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, capitalism. So like, you know, that's, that's where, um, that's where I'm at right now. Even as someone who's, I'm still not comfortable. Like Diablo two, I can skip since I was, I was eight years old. Uh, I know, I know. It's old. Uh, <laughs> you're old. I was like, old. I was only like 34 at the time. I know. Bane, you've been Jesus. playing Diablo for how many years? Since the first one came out, man, 96, I think. So 47 years. <laughs> but uh, I, I like real quick. I like the comment about the site because one of the things I said was, we are going to not stop covering their titles, but we're going to call out and cover everything going on with the Activision lawsuit right like put a spotlight on what's happening but i like uh, the idea of putting a uh, message at the top of every article for one of their games we haven't done that that's a that's a cool idea actually yeah yeah and i think that's a, a way more powerful one because again joe schmo <laughs> does not know anything right. about what's happening that's just clicking to look at the article look at a review score they're gonna see that yeah and, and one more comment just before you go luke because you mentioned bonuses profit sharing that i forgot to mention is the sad reality is of the corporate world in these situations, right, is that <clears throat> the people who always get hit the worst are the, the front end, the lower, I call them front end, but the, the lower ranking people, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because it's simple mathematics. One, they're not in power to make these decisions. The people who are in power to make the decisions are the ones making the hundred million a year. Mm-hmm. Two, um, it's an old Chris Rock joke, but you know, if you're making 25 million a year and someone takes half, you're not starving. But if you're making 50,000 a year and someone takes half, you're in trouble. Yeah. He says you might have to kill a bit. Thank God you took the right Chris Rock joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I thought it was going to be. The point being is that I was nervous. Say your boycott does have an impact. Let's theoretically say it does. Right. And the company loses, I don't know. We'll make this up 50 million. That 50 million is going to be paid for by, you know, Kotick or whoever losing maybe a million or two bucks. But all the people who really rely on bonuses and rely on these performance things that Joe mentioned to you, those are going to get cut. And those people need the money a lot more than someone like Kotick. It's just a sad reality. You're right. And it's funny because as you guys are talking, I understand logic. The entire way, I understand no what you're you saying. You understand logic. <laughs> I'm a man of culture, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. 
But okay. do you see all the colors on Joe's shirt? That's what I do, do see all the colors. A lot of colors. Them. Shout out to that pride shirt. It is good looking, though. Yeah, it is. I it's mean, got it a lot is. of colors. That it is. A lot of colors. I'm a I fan of them. I love it. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, Luke didn't buy the shirt. He doesn't want to support a good cause. No, I didn't want to support. You Charlie. go. You go. You go to. <laughs> listen. You go to the merch store. You buy one of these pride shirts. One hundred percent of the profits go straight yeah. to the Trevor Project. Now, folks, I make XCP with no Patreon, no money, and no ad mm-hmm. revenue. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want you, want your time, and I want to hang out with you. You know, State for season gaming. Yeah, I don't want to hang out with you. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to be your friend. <laughs> I literally walked into a meeting and I was like, "Sorry, guys, that I've been here early. I didn't want to come. No. <laughs> I just didn't want to be here." Yeah, um, kind of like so, the show that you were late for today. I was late. I was late. And it's like, oh, I'm, I got to play 12 minutes. I need 12 more minutes. And we're all I'm like, just, good joke, saying, You know, I'm just saying you were the last one in the lobby. I've got a witness. I was. I, I specifically asked, do you need till 840? <laughs> and you clicked fire emoji. And I was like, oh, look at him trying to be hip. And I said, that's cool. I'm down with it. Um, so philosophically speaking, what I, the <laughs> listeners, I really do want to read your comments. If you guys would be so kind as to drop what you are doing into the YouTube chat uh, or respond to us on Twitter. Let us know where you stand on this. The philosophical boycott, not like the lead the charge, definitely not going to do it uh, kind of thing. But I do want to know where you all stand. I'm comfortable in my position that I'm not going to give Activision money this year. Um, But I did have that conundrum and I heard all of the counter arguments. I I truly heard them. And so uh, it is a lot to consider uh, for sure. I also think to call a spade a spade. My position is made much easier by the fact that there's a lot of great games coming out. And not a lot of them are Activision. So, yes, yeah. you know, like I get the hypocrisy kind of in that. Um, and, I, and I don't want to pretend like I'm some moral high ground pedestal person when I know full well there are people that are working hard at plenty of companies. You know? Yeah. And, and it's like w- with us in the trophy room, like I, I told Kyle, it's like it's a very we're putting ourselves in a very precarious situation because who knows next week, you know, someone at Sony is awful, too. And what happens there, you know? Like, what do we do as someone who that's our bread and butter? It's like, well, we have to cover it. Right. But that's a, that's a double standard. Yeah. And you know, it's a, this is, this is the first, (laughs) uh, you know, in my show's history, the first time we're going about this. So it's, it's something that I'm, you know, being cognizant of. What, um, damn it, man. Never mind. Go ahead, Luke. Okay. I forgot what I was going to say. Ains' well, dementia is coming in. I know. It's, it's happening, happen. guys. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and he gave my mutant a nine. Remember that? <laughs> Remember right. that? Ains, <laughs> what's your wife's name? What's your wife's name? Josie. Mrs. Ains. Oh, Ains. no. It's Dolores. <laughs> it's Dolores. <laughs> Mrs. Ains. <laughs> Luke, Ains. we need to call a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> All right. Next up on the docket, uh, I want to talk about Square Enix, if you guys don't mind. Um, I have an interesting... Oh, you mind? Okay. All right, all right. Um, I want to talk about... I know what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) It came back to the one week listeners. I said, hey, guys, can you all prepare topics? I'm real busy. And they were like, sure. And and Joe actually did it. I'm like, sweet. I'll just host this bad boy and go right on through. Interruption, interruption, disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> my my, my, my CPU was blocking for about a minute. It caught up. Um, 
the, the last point I was going to make. So we, we did see four no, people get let go from Blizzard last week. Including... This is your fourth last point. I want to point that out. <laughs> this is your Shut fourth up. last point. <laughs> four people. Four people got let go from Blizzard, um, mm-hmm. including Diablo 4's game director, which is no small role, right? I mean, that's a right. that's a lead role. Um, do you think there's any significance to the fact that Blizzard seems to be taking a uh, stiffer stance in cleaning house a little more than Activision themselves? Because we haven't heard of any big high-profile Activision departures, have we? If we have, I missed Because most of the cancer, from what I I assume, is from Blizzard, right? So, look, a lot of people are like, you know, uh, Jason Schreier, who hasn't blocked me yet, but give it time. He (laughs) stated on Twitter that, like, oh, now Bobby Kotick is going to be... You know, he's going to have even more control over Blizzard. And I'm like, and who cares? Because it seems like ever since Blizzard's been a thing, it's been a pretty, pretty big shithole of a company to work at. So it's it's, it's fascinating to see like people like Mike Ibarra are now in bigger charge over there. He's a name people like Rod Ferguson. Most people like Ibarra was at the walkout. Jen O'Neill is a a great sign that, yeah, like let's put a woman in power here. Yeah, one so, of the characters in Overwatch is named after one of the aggressors. Yeah, and, and shoutcasters are not referencing him. Yeah, um, they're taking items out and in, in characters that are referencing abusers as well out of World of Warcraft. So they're making a lot of good steps. I feel like we're just angry still. Of course, um, we should be. Yeah, right, we should be. Yeah. And I hope that, that. Well, this goes back to the original thing: Does the anger stick around for the dollars to be spent or not spent? You know, and and. I don't want to round and round, but I do want listeners to, to tag in and let us know kind of where they're yeah. at uh, on that. And front. just and just one last point. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I realize like no, he's not. <laughs> um, all right, Square Enix has <laughs> been. I hear Miriam in the background tell her I, say, I hello. Honest, honest to goodness, I feel like she needs to make her cast co-op debut because she's not- been making. <laughs> So much noise, and I feel like I, I I need to bring her on the show. I'm ready for it. You know, right, like, let me. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to bring her on. One sec. You, right, you talk. Right. I, I know. What you're... So, uh, and Square I thought Enix. he was joking. He's not joking. No, he's not. I love me some Miriam. She's great. Um, but I will give him crap for it. So Square Enix has had a weird year, yeah. a very weird year, and an especially weird last few months. We know they are very closely tied with Sony, which makes sense given the many years of Final Fantasy uh, relationships. I, of course, have a unique perspective because I really like Tomb Raider. I, I do now enjoy Avengers um, <laughs> and kind of where it stands now, but not the launch version. And with the release of uh, The War for Wakanda, we've had a lot of people kind of influxing in. Right. Oh my God, it's Miriam! Hi! Hi, everybody! You have a lot of shit, apparently, you need to say. What? (laughs) About what? I don't know, you're making all this noise, and I just want to... I'm just... I just sing. I just sing. It just (laughs) comes out of me. I have some questions about your baby boy. Okay. questions about your baby boy. How many years has he been playing video games? (laughs) Oh, many. Since middle school? Uh He's been playing since middle school, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's good. Has he always has he always been a good boy, respectful, kind, or was he a handful? Oh uh, no, good and he's, funny. He's well, good. that's debatable. But <laughs> my, goodness. my goodness, no, Miriam. When he plays these video games, are you ever worried about the violence getting to him? 
you know. Oh uh, yeah, you know. sometimes it gets a little loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just worry about the way he speaks to you sometimes. You know. It's yeah, yeah. And you know, I You're can't. Shouting. I am not shouting. He's always You're saying loud. that. <laughs> I am talking. This is the level of my voice. Uh huh. I can't help it the way it comes out of my body. Yeah. Joe, you let her speak. See this 12 inches apart from the mic? Oh. You're leaning right into it. Oh, just... because I think I have to touch no, it. No, 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 no. Okay. 12 inches like this. There you go. Okay. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I had to focus. Uh, this. Do you ever notice that when he plays video games, he gets more angry, cusses a lot more, he's disrespectful, that kind of thing? Not disrespectful, but he does get angry. He does cuss. Oh, yeah, cusses oh, all the time. We try to talk to him about it. Right? Don't you cuss? I mean, yeah, everybody fucking cusses. Yes. <laughs> See, you just cussed. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. You know, I just want to make sure he's treating his mom right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. But he's always telling me to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I don't like. Oh, he's always telling God. me to shh, shh. Now, Ma, I'm going to talk with my friends now, so keep it down. Don't go Puerto Rican on me. You know, stuff like that. Stuff like that. That just sounds, it sounds disrespectful that he would do that, you know? But yeah, it's continuously. I tell him to put a note on his door. Uh -huh. That way I remember that he's doing whatever he does, videotaping. Uh -huh. Podcasting. Oh, is what it is? You think this is videotaping? What is you? What are you doing? This is podcasting. This podcasting. Is Twenty twenty one. There's a whole bunch of words. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a whole I've, I've been uh, on the well, microphone with Joe before when he quotes one of our friends, Kevin. Uh, and Kevin often says some very, very inappropriate things to you and about you. And Joe tells you those things, well, and I just want to apologize. Nervous. Okay, I just want to apologize. It's got to be rough, you know. My friend Kevin, he's so disrespectful and inappropriate. I think all you guys probably are. What? On the, Damn. I'm podcasting. You you guys are all together. You're all guys. Testosterone. So you throw out all these bad words. Uh, I try I'm to thinking. tell him not to. I do. Okay. I, I have a feeling you're more respectful. He's the one on top He's left. More yes. Very true. Eh, Very good. True. What's, his, what's his name? His name's Ains, Ainsley. Ainsley. Oh, that's a different nice name. And him? him? That's Luke Lore. He says awful things. What's his him. name? Luke Lore. He says awful Luke things. Luke Lore? Yeah. Very Your last name is Lore? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys. This bit's run its course. You have a nice name, too. Luke, like Star Wars. That's right. Thank oh, you. you just or, Luke. or Luke. Or <laughs> Luke. <laughs> he just cut her off. Like, it's just. Cut the tape. <laughs> I had so many things I wanted to like poke I at. was going to say, what was the most embarrassing moment Joe ever had in school? And just see if she would have said something. But I don't know if I wanted to put that on blast for Joe. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, man. I had Somebody things like the I, line. I wanted to do, but I was like, no, I can't. Do, I can't bring the mothers into this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's his mother. It's Miriam. Uh, we are never lady. topping that cameo, by the way. Never. No. Never. Never. It's attractive. Uh, <clears throat> hey, that's my mother hey. you're talking about. It's We're never topping that cameo, Joe. That was brilliant. <sighs> She's something all right. <laughs> She's saying I, I'm cursing. What's she saying? I told Luke that I was going to ask her to tell us your most embarrassing moment you ever had in school, but I thought that might have oh. been a little too, a uh, little too out there. <clears throat> um, she thinks you were a good kid. I know. How'd you fool her? <laughs> 
What I happened? What is that? Use a trickery. Yeah. That's crazy. <sighs> All right, talk about Square Enix. <laughs> Square Enix. All right, so I we got way off course there. War for Wakanda just came out. Uh, that's brought, of course, uh, a lot of people back to Avengers to, at the very least, play the the. the sorry, Angel, you want to speak? The Black Panther storyline. I don't know that this yeah. is going to keep people into the looter part of the game, but there is a fun, well acted story there. Um, in I actually. I actually did see that it increased the um, player count by something like 220%, which, um, so now it's like 17 people. 17, that makes sense. That makes sense. This is a a good and (laughs) well-acted story there. Um, The the inherent problems of the looter shooter are also there, which brings up the amusing aspects that, one, they're making Guardians of the Galaxy, which will follow the more single-player parts of Avengers uh, in a Guardians game, but also... It brought up the Outriders conversation as the Outriders developers are out here saying that Square has not paid them and Square arguing perhaps that it's because of money not being recouped in terms of profitability. Mind you, for context, back when event or Outriders launched into, into the world, it also landed on Game Pass, very well talked about, lots of people playing it. All three of us played over 30 hours, so all three of us must have had a good time. Otherwise, we would have stopped after five, because if it wasn't fun, why would we keep playing? Um, it oh, ran its course. That right at you, Ains. You, you know? know? Might as well just say your name. So so it's just interesting and odd that Square what is game having has good Biomutant. Carry on. Didn't you play... Did you play 30 hours of Biomutant? I played like 80 hours of Biomutant. Okay, so you, you're operating on a scale of... of of just ridiculousness there. <laughs> oh, God, don't ever make fun of me in Crackdown ever again. <laughs> Never again. Uh, but but I just find it interesting that Square's paying or not paying its developers. It's got some weird publishing things going on. They made that exclusive deal for Spider-Man and Avengers, which is now looking like it's going to hurt the game, not help it. They're they've got this exclusivity with PlayStation for Final Fantasy content. There's just some odd stuff. Just some odd stuff going on and i wanted to know if you, anyone else's eyebrows raised yeah yeah because the weirdest thing they said is uh people can fly said is we don't know how many copies it sold and i was like how that makes no sense whatsoever how can a how can a deal be so bad with a publisher that the publisher is not even obligated to let the developer know how many copies have sold that may i, I don't understand how that could even be possible um, and of course you, you didn't specifically mention anything with game pass, but you know, I don't know if you're headed there, but the conversation came up around, mm-hmm. you know, did game pass have a negative impact here? And yep. I think what a lot of people are saying is, um, no, the game just wasn't that great. Um, and, and the other interesting thing is if it's sold, they said they think two to 3 million copies, right? Wasn't that their estimate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you sold two and a half or 3 million copies of your game, and you had a Game Pass deal on top of it, and you still weren't profitable on a double-A game, that's a problem in and of itself as well. What the hell were you doing in development? That is exactly where I was going. Two to three million in sales is nuts. And Square consistently has the problem where they will place just astronomical expectations on their games. The Tomb Raider reboot is a wonderful example of that. That game was fan fantastic as were its two sequels just an unbelievably great games sold very well but Mm. square was expecting it to do nearly double what it would have and 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 i don't have the number in front of me but it was just excessive and it's like yo you've got a multi-million selling game 
with DLC that people are spending money on and you're disappointed in its sales and critically it reviewed out the, out the wazoo commercially did very well and square not happy with it just boggles my mind. Outriders did exactly what I needed it to do. I had 30 hours of a blast. I'm never touching it again. At least I don't plan to. I had so much fun for 30 hours and I was done. Yeah. That's what we'll do. How many of us can be so happy to have 30 hours of a good time? That's a um, great thing for a game. So I think there's even a little bit more into it, at least from what I read in, in one of these articles, because I didn't tr keep track uh, so intensely into all the rigmarole. But I, I got this one from Eurogamer from uh, Wensley Gimpool, where pretty much, you know, let me let me see. Oh, right here. I think I put it in bold. Um, the CEO of People Can Fly says perhaps it was caused by some elements of Square Enix sales policies, uh, the details of which we don't know, such as partnerships concluded by the publisher with distribution platforms or entities offering Outriders as an additional as an addition to their products. To me, I read that quote as, okay, so I feel like what happened was Square Enix, People Can Fly, wrote a contract, you know, three to four years ago. Uh, where Game Pass was in its infancy. Um, a few months ago, Microsoft, you know, so they didn't have, like, this game can't be in a service of X, Y, or Z, right, until X amount of date. Probably not there in the contract. And, again, not a, not a lawyer, but that's from what the quote's saying. That's what I'm reading into it as. Uh, a couple months ago, Microsoft walks up to Square Enix and goes, hey, I'd like to give you a boatload of money for this new IP because we understand new IPs are, you know, they, they, they're really hard to promote. And this is going to be a great tool for that and eliminate some of the risk. So here you go. And I feel like it's Square taking advantage of a loophole by saying, okay, well, we got this ton of money from, from Xbox or from Microsoft. Um, so we're financially okay. And this deal probably, again, from what I'm reading here, doesn't have anything in terms of, you know, how many downloads this game's going to hit on X platform will get us X royalties out of it. That's what I kind of read at it as it from. So all of a sudden there's one platform that's just taken out of the equation and it probably did hurt their bottom line. And so I read it as, yeah, you could say that Xbox Game Pass hurt. Uh, but to me, it's more like Square Enix took advantage of a contract. And, I, and again, like, Ainge, you're in the corporate sector, so you could th probably tell me if and when I'm full of shit. But that's what, like, I took that. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I took it as. You, you could be spot on, but, I mean, I don't have any insight that you, you know, don't have. Um but it could very well be something like that. I, I think end of the day, like I said, if you have a Game Pass deal, whatever it was worth, we don't know, right? And on top of that, sold two to three million copies, and you're not profitable. That as a as a developer, um, that's a problem. Even uh, either with your development process, right, and whatever you did to to make the game, and or it's a problem with your contract with the publisher. Um, and what you're alluding to is that, right? There's a, a basically that. Square Enix took advantage of a, a, a contract that made sure they made money and didn't really care about people can fly. Highly yeah. possible. Um, but something's weird there. I I don't know the intricacies of how these publishing deals work. I don't think hardly any of us do, right? Because um, they're secretive for a reason. And I think um, 
I'll just reiterate: if you if you're a developer that makes a game that sells a few million copies and and is on Game Pass at launch, in addition to being on Game Pass at launch, and you don't make money, there's obviously a breakdown there somewhere. <clears throat> What's but interesting it, to me is what damage this might do to Square's future partnerships. Yeah, if yeah, indeed exactly. Square did take advantage of a contract, and I'm people can fly. I'm talking to my friends in the industry and letting people know. Yeah, uh, that's well, gotta not, be compelling. Yeah, and not, and not to pick on Avengers, Luke, in all seriousness, but wasn't sure. there a report that like a few months after launch, like they were like sixty million down, like mm-hmm. they lost like sixty million dollars on that launch of that game. Oh um, yeah, which which is crazy. I mean, that's not an insignificant amount of money. No, um, and so. they, what was, was there's a couple things that factored into it: the dual generation approach. Did uh, talk cost costed to uh, develop what you mean? Correct. Yes, yeah. to try and have have <clears throat> multiple versions of it. They had to have multiple playable heroes that all felt distinct, which is why they're so such weak villain villains at launch. Uh, and then their marketing was really high. They did set pieces on parts of the game that didn't make sense. There was a lot of problems with that launch version. And interestingly, they're now making good money. They're now making a lot of money on Avengers. I have on good authority. They're doing quite well now. But they did lose a lot of money there. And that that happens with a lot of AAA development. Um, even Halo Infinite's had numbers that are reported pretty high for development. Mind you, they made an engine, which is different. Um, right. But I think there's got to be context in some of these things because some companies are really doing it wrong. If you're spending that much money, you've got nothing to show for it. And yeah. you have to wonder if it's just bad management, but you see it happen in lots of places. And yeah, they botched that Avengers launch. They spent way too much money. They lost a ton of money. They didn't. They they overpromised, underdelivered with fractured uh, gameplay. There were two games in there, neither of which were great. Yeah, and they're only now finding their footing, which is so awesome. A- <clears throat> yeah, which is good now. Um, and it's good that Crystal Dynamics has the however they're managing it, whether it's publishing, however they're funding, right, to continue developing for that game. Mm-hmm. But, like, for People Can Fly, which is a double-A studio, I'd say, right? Is that fair? That's fair. Um, yeah. <clears throat> if they yeah. spent, let's say, the past four years making this game, Outriders I'm talking about, obviously, mm-hmm. spent four years, and they're now six months post-launch, something like that, right? Five months post-launch, and they say they haven't seen any money from it. Mm-hmm. So you're now going to be coming up on five years, where technically you haven't really been seeing a lot of income. You might have income from older games, older deals, what have you, other things that you've contributed on. But your core game game that you were launching as a new IP to be this big IP you're not making money on, how how, how do you deal with that? How do you stay afloat? That doesn't, that's not going to last long. Uh, that obviously can't last long. So yeah, that's that's strange to me as well. It's a matter of setting expectations and delivering on what you're saying. If you say you're going to have a looter shooter, you need to deliver that. If you go to Twitch right now, as I did, 397 viewers for Outriders. But they would say they're not a live service game. It's higher than I thought it was, was going to be. Honestly, the game's yeah, not built for that. 390, like less than 400 people are streaming it. I'm sorry, are viewing it, I should say. If they had just done that as a, a, a one and done shot, to me, that, that I again, I played 30 hours of that game and had fun. But they tried to promise it. Maybe they didn't. It was promised in many places similar to a destiny. It's not that. No. It's not that. Set the appropriate expectations for the consumer and the sure. gamer. 
Well, that and I agree completely, but we're not even saying the problem is sales. What we're saying is if your new IP from a double A company sells two to three million units, mm-hmm. and again, I keep saying it, but in addition to this Game Pass deal, that, that I would think that's considered a success. If mm-hmm. you're if you're the CEO of People Can Fly, whatever your his name is, you just said, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going into this launch and thinking to yourself, wow, we've got to sell five million units of this new IP early in the year from a double A perspective, and we're not a big developer that's going to garner the attention as some major, major players, you you've miscalculated badly. Agree. 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 I think it's I mean, there's no other thing to say other than absolutely. Yeah. From from now what I'm gathering for all you guys kind of just looks like a shit show all around. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It and, really and, does. And and again, it might the problem is to your point, Joe, we don't really know. So it might not have been that, right? The CEO might have been under the expectation that, hey, if we sell one and a half million copies, anything over that is gravy and we're going to be financially in good shape. Um, but somewhere along the line with this contract that didn't occur. Um, now, let's keep in mind, of course, he just can't come out and say that in these contracts. There's all kinds of NDAs. There's a whole yeah. bunch of things you can't talk about. Right. So he may be living the reality that, look, we were successful. What we did was successful. Um, but we've got a serious problem over here legally that we're going to have to deal with. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be either or or a combination of both. The fact that it was public leads me or raises my interest level. Yes. Yeah. Now I got an original topic for you guys before we original wrote it yourself. Original. Came up with it yourself. Yeah. No other sources. No other sources that I come to mind other than comicbook.com. Holy shit, Joe. I was literally about to make that joke. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, If, if Xbox comes around, they buy people can fly. Oh, oh, we're an acquisition talk, huh? We, we've, yeah. we've, we've moved to acquisitions. If we've, of course, if we've run out of ideas, this is what we go to. Um, <laughs> if we I run out of meaningful that. things to talk about. Does that mean PlayStation's dead? Do you think that's the nail in the coffin? Oh, easily. Luke, what are your thoughts? I think well, it's it, the 19th nail in the coffin. That is it. Like, like, how many nails do you need at this point? Yeah. You know? That's true. That's true. Okay, Luke, yeah. you? Uh, I mean, it's over. It's over. Okay, this has been a constructive conversation. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All caps. Like, share, subscribe. All caps. Please. The sad thing is, pe- people can fly. All jokes aside, is a talented studio, right? That was like, a fun game. Yes. Well, uh, I didn't say that. I said it they was have a talent. fun game, and uh, you played thirty <laughs> hours of it. God. That's because unlike some other people I know, I don't play two hours and then criticize a game I didn't really experience. But anyway, um, listen, I said that Biomutant had colors and culture. What the hell you want else from me? It It, had both of those things. Both in the first, yeah, yeah, it Um, did. But but they are talented, right? Even if you go back to Bulletstorm, which kind of gave them the name, right, and let them grow as a studio. Gears Um, Judgment gave them the name. No, 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 no. It's Bulletstorm. Gears as Judgment. much as I don't like that game, it's Bulletstorm. But Gears Judgment was a better game than Bulletstorm. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. But they, my point being, they obviously didn't come up with Gears, right? They were just brought on as a studio to develop a Gears entry. No, whereas it was Bulletstorm, an all original game. It was an all original game. <laughs> where Bulletstorm was point they made. They have talent in the studio. Yeah. Um, so it would be a shame if if nothing comes from this. Damn it! I love that. Like, there's some listener out there that's like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> and then there's just so like, few that are like, "Three don't even sound like ever. they like each other." 
<laughs> and then one guy's in the background like, that's not an original topic. <laughs> Why'd they bring their mother on the show? <laughs> crazy. Taking their notes. Why do they keep muting their dogs? <laughs> this is nuts. It's nuts. Oh gosh. Um hey, uh yeah. twelve minutes is out. Is. Ains, you yes. played it. I have. Uh you played what, two hours of it? You got a review for us? Game of the uh, year? Review no. will be sorry, review you need another twenty eight hours to, to review that one? <laughs> review will be out probably by Saturday, I'd say. Okay. Oh man, is that you, you gonna have enough time? You have you can get thirty hours in on that one. Well, no. <laughs> that felt so flat. Ains was just like, "How's uh, it going with this one?" <laughs> no. Um, it is. Have you guys played it at all? No. No. I've I've heard uh, either hot or cold things on it. Yeah. So it seems to be. I haven't looked, but it was sitting in. I think like high sevens. I think like average on Open Critic, something like that. So you know, very good. So game. terrible. Terrible, yeah, can't, unplayable. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, very good game, you know, and maybe not stellar, but um, it's one of the most interesting games I've played in a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. It is, it, it's literally like an old point-and-click adventure game. So get your expectations. Like to walk around in the apartment, you literally put your cursor over here, click the button, and he walks. It's an old-school mm-hmm. point-and-click. The the thing that's really interesting about it so far, I've done maybe fifteen runs, um, and you know, you've seen the premise, right? So this thing happens. You get twelve, yeah. You get twelve minutes, and then it starts over. Mm-hmm. Um, but each time, I've thought to myself, okay, well, I did this this time. Maybe I'll try this 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 next time. And I do it, and the game has responded in a way that that is really more dynamic than I expected. Um, mm. I've done all sorts of different scenarios already, where it's like, well, shit, I didn't expect that. Then it restarts, and it's like, well, maybe I'll change this this time, right? And there's various things around the apartment you can pick up and interact with and kind of mix and match. Like I've done all kinds of stuff and I don't want to say any of them because I've already seen like, it's going to be very easy for people online to spoil aspects of this game. And I don't mean the story, but like I saw someone post a screenshot earlier of a scene they were doing. And I was like, well, I didn't think about doing that. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that didn't. So if you, if you don't want that to happen to you, I would mute everything 12 minutes over the next few days. Cause Sadly, people are going to be sharing stuff, but uh, so far I really like it. Um, you know, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily as groundbreaking as maybe, you know, many of us hoped it would be, but it is very unique. It's very well done so far. Um, and I'm very excited to uh, talk to the creator uh, next week, actually, um, about like how he did certain things in this game because the way it's coded and the way things are dynamic is really cool. That's awesome. Luis Antonio is his name? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, so I'll have my one-on-one interview with him up on Tuesday of next week. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Plug. 24th. 24th? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Death Store, Hades, 12 minutes. Man, mm-hmm. it's good. good time for some of the smaller games. Yeah, uh, arriving play Art of Rally if you like racing games. Oh, that's cool. Joe, you played a playing, racing game. Yeah, I've been playing Dirt 5 for the past two days. I'm not like a racing guy, so I can't tell you, you know, heads or tails and many things about racing <laughs> games. I can't, I can't do it. But like dirt, dirt was like I think dirt cheap on the, on the PlayStation Summer Sale for like nineteen. That's a low oh, bar, on. Joe. That's a low come bar. On. 
Come on, all the white shit you guys have said for this show. <laughs> we know. didn't make one joke about it. We took us 12 minutes to play 12 minutes. Not once. You said something You said something like rigmarole or something. something. You said that. Oh, you did no. that. <laughs> you whites are corrupting me. Anyway, so. Um, what do you mean, you whites? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm offended. Um, but yeah, Dirt 5. I, I've been playing a little bit of it because I want to know what the haptics are going to feel like on a racing title um, just to get my feet wet. And out of pure curiosity and knowing it's an easy plat, let me tell you something. I'm enjoying it way more than I thought I would. Again, not a racing guy. Uh, humble brag, I'm winning almost every race. And <laughs> the thing that I love the most about it, and I'm going to plug these this DualSense controller it really feels great like accelerating really feels like i'm pushing the pedal on on the gas and like braking i i feel like i'm like shifting gears when i'm when i'm drifting it feels really nice like if if you're into the dual sense and what it can do dirt 5 may be that well, title for you what happens I'd when be... you have to repair that controller though the, oh, you know God, what i didn't so think expensive. about that i i damn you better i should have thought about that when i bought my car too cuz i I'm, i mean what happens when i need an oil change yeah yeah, oh my yeah God. Throw it out. I even think you just that. lease a new car is what you really yeah. should do. I yeah, you just throw it in the toilet. Yeah, Joe, will you uh, if you get yeah. a chance, will you play like five minutes of the Xbox version? It's on Game Pass, I, I sure. think. Sure I would love to know a comparative like controller experience for you because yeah. the DualSense, in my limited experience, felt very gimmicky. I think we talked about that mm -hmm. on one of the recent episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you if you this game is doing it, it, I do like culture. It's true. Uh, Mrs. Ghost and I, we struggle with it, with the culture. I get it. Um, I get it. Maybe never mind. You guys uh, appropriate it all the time. I understand. If you could, <laughs> if you could, kind of report back on on the differences, I would sure. love to hear it. Because Miles yeah. Morales was my main PlayStation game, and yeah, it, I love when you're shifting gears. It does like the the haptic feedback does like do this kick at the bottom grips upwards. Mm -hmm. So it it does give me like this tactical feeling, like I'm driving a car. It's really. I really like it. I know I'm like a slut for this haptic feedback nonsense. I can't get enough of it. But <laughs> that said, I, I'm playing Hades as well on the PlayStation 5. So good. Oh, my God. <sighs> my goodness. Yeah, it's my it's goodness. it's a stellar roguelike, dude. It's, yeah. It is damn good. Damn, damn good. And it gives me that reward, you know, like, you know, the, the synapse in my brain's firing off when, like, I defeat a boss because some people on the, on the internet don't understand what roguelikes are. You're building an imperfect build. You're making do with what you have. And then when you beat the boss, you have that feeling of, yes, I, you know, how Hades works is you're going through room from room into a dungeon. Uh, each room has a power up. They either increase your character's health or a character's abilities or the weapon's abilities. And then you hit the boss and then you fight the boss. And I don't depending get it. on you've lost. I know. I got it. I understand it may be a little bit too high level for you. But like depending on the build that you're kind of whipping up on the fly, you have to change up your play style. And so you're what? never kind of Yeah, you you're kind of you're kind of having to change it up every time you're you're running, no. even if it's a different weapon. And if you die, it still feels like it's on you. Nothing feels cheap to me. Every death it's well earned. It's like, yeah, okay, I understand that. I understand why I failed here. But, like, when you defeat a boss, it gives me that, that little reward that I have in my head when I beat, like, a Soulsborne, you know, boss. Mm -hmm. Whereas, so I want to be 90% of the deaths, though, aren't my fault. 
Just an, average, just an average. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I, I want to be. Couldn't be. Real clear couldn't here. be your, no, your can't be. Ten percent. I'll give you ten percent, but maybe twenty. But yeah, the how game, about eleven? Like, eh, game's kind of broken. You know. That's fair. It's not yeah. fair to you. I get it. No, stop. I stopped listening to you a while ago because I didn't care what you were saying. But That's fair. I did uh, want to note that this improves upon the roguelike formula even better than Dead Cells. If Dead Cells yeah. was the one that, that like got me in. In terms of like the the dying and going forward, Hades did a good job of that, and um, every death has been Meg, so though, fair. No, I beat Meg. I beat Meg. I'm and I, and the Gorgon, the Gorgon, is that right? Medusa Gorgon. I don't know. Um, but I I I put it down because work got busy. Just say you didn't play the fucking game. I'm in the Medusa Gorgon. Well, you know the the. I'm in the Medusa Oblum Goddess. I beat Meg. I beat her twice, actually. Um, oh, whoa, but, whoa! But I know that I becomes really... a normal thing. I stopped playing yeah. in favor of War for Wakanda because I only had a little okay. bit of time. Fair. But I love Hades. I really love Hades. Okay, uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, yeah. like, uh, the the one thing I will say about Hades is I know who my mom sense... is, and I'm stopped listening again. I know who my mom is in Hades. My real mother. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you right. played it for about twenty minutes. No, it took me three hours to get there. <laughs> so, Hades is great. The what dual sense on Hades about? sucks. I was going to say that. Like, the dual sense, they were talking about the adaptive triggers on there. I'm like, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing crazy. It's just the 4K and the 60 FPS. That's it. Which is like, can't you go a little crazier? Give me 120. But it's what it is. You, you're buying a lot of games on PlayStation you can get on Game Pass. And I think yeah. that is cool. Because it speaks to the power of like what ecosystem matters to you, like where your achievements are, your trophies. Because I would absolutely do the same thing in reverse for achievements and keeping my gamer score to be a good barometer well, of stuff. Part of it is I I host a PlayStation show, so <laughs> yeah, if true. I'm not in that ecosystem, why am I doing the show? Um, Fake and one. the other thing is, you know, <laughs> it's not like I'm not buying these games on Game Pass, or sorry, you know, trying them out on Game Pass because I am. Mm. Um, so like I tried out Hades. I'm like, yeah, I've got to really like this. Mm-hmm. I use game pass a lot as my demo is to like, okay, I'm going to really like this. And now I'm going to play it on either switch or PlayStation, or I'm like, I'm digging it. And I'm going to stay here. Cause I think that the trophies would be too hard to get and I'll play it on Xbox. But gotcha. most of the time an interesting viewpoint because what you're saying essentially now, anecdotally, it's just you, but there has to be other people like that, that, uh, game pass can even increase sales for the publisher, even non Xbox platforms. Yes, yeah. and 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 that, the way I see it too is like <laughs> I'm just uh, supporting the dev- developer even more. I've seen so, a few people come at me going, "Oh, well, if you're pl- it's on Game Pass, you know." I'm like, "Yeah, I have it on Game Pass. Well, why'd you buy it? I hate that. It's a I hate that question. Why, why does it matter to someone you don't know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, first off, you can't have this thing of like Game Pass only helps game sales, and then when I buy the game on another platform after playing it on Game Pass, you're just like, "Why'd you buy it?" Like you know, it's on Game Pass. It's like <laughs> you're you understand how that's a conflicting thought. So just no, they let don't. me be me. No, <laughs> no, absolutely though. So yeah, it's it's just me. The way I also see it is like I'm supporting the developer even more. So. Super giant. I hope you got as much money as you can because that, that, that game's spectacular. I will say it wasn't though, published I, by Square Enix. I hope. <laughs> no, they're safe. <laughs> they're safe. I will say I don't know what I like more, Hades or Returnal. I mm. think they're both stellar. I think like I'm critically, 
Hades is better. But the game that I've had more fun with is Returnal because I feel like there's more risk in Returnal and it's more active. If that makes On sense. a different show, we should go into that because Hades is 20 bucks and Returnal is 70 and that would be an interesting thing to, to break down. I don't want to do it this episode because we've run a bit long, but that would be a really legitimately good conversation to have. Write it down. Put it in the notes. Yeah. That's actually I, I'm kind of, I was going to say I'm kind of with you, Joe. I don't know if I could decide between those two either. Yeah. Um, I know most people probably have Hades higher and it won all sorts of awards, but Returnal was really special to me. Yeah. And I think it does, no doubt, it was, uh, it's a, I hate to say AAA, but it it offers things that other roguelites in the uh, indie slash single A genre don't, mm-hmm. Returnal does, that I find really interesting. Yeah. I'm down for that. And I, and I, and I, again, with Hades, there's certain weapons where, like, you can really just hang back and you're not exploring the battlefield, where Returnal's a dance where you are jumping through that room um, you don't have a choice you don't yeah. have a choice yeah you can't stay in one place so that's why i kind of dig returnal a little bit more in that aspect but in hades you could save your game and if it <laughs> yes. crashes you're not absolutely boned yeah so there's that <laughs> but i also qu- a quick plug for rogue legacy if you've never played rogue legacy i have not kyle one, loves rogue legacy one of my favorite it might still be my favorite roguelike ever it's just mm-hmm. so so damn good okay. yeah luke could care less he wants to go play his no, he's ready to go to sleep he's, he wants to go yeah. play his, his avengers go for it. Yeah. <laughs> then luke just um, just get get us out here then well on the next episode we will have thoughts on aliens fire team uh which we're looking forward to checking out and playing uh we'll have thoughts on 12 minutes more com- in a more complete succinct way and I think there's a few other releases. Uh, kind of Psychonauts 2. That's it. Yep. That's that was the, the one for me. Yeah. Psychonauts 2. And maybe by the time this comes out, would we? Ha- would I have played Fist? First week of September is our next show. Yeah. So maybe maybe I would have. No. No, I wouldn't have. I don't remember I, when that Boy, out, out of context, I have no clue what you're talking about. Fist? Fist? Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. a, uh, it's a new indie game coming out. It looks pretty solid. Okay. Cool. Uh I looked back in our last episode. Uh, YouTube Just comments. so you know, Luke, I'm holding back. I know. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, yeah. I was holding back, too. It makes you feel better. Um, <laughs> Good. <clears throat> Bye, boys. No. no. Uh, <laughs> damn it. I'm trying to re- trying to. I'm very Just tired. Just talk to my mother, Luke. Respect. I know. I know. I'm trying to be respectful here. No, no questions for us in last week's YouTube comments, but we did have some good uh, discussion points from Dano there. Uh, and then one guy said that he wants to have timestamps and that they would be nice. So if anybody of us wants to do that, I will not um, be doing that. The problem with trying to timestamp this show is that we are generally all over the place. We do have core topics we talk about, but we jump around a lot. Yeah. So maybe we, we could put like, no. three or four maybe per episode for core things but we're all over the place man it's not Mama like a normal bad, podcast bad where it's stamp. like topic 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 yeah. it's that's not how we roll that's uh-huh. true it's true but we do appreciate you listening that much yes is true. we do uh that much is true uh guys you can find me on the xbox expansion pass each and every week on all your podcast services including youtube.com slash xbox expansion pass uh, the next episode will be my 96th episode. Uh, I have had a bonus episode. 
uh, as well. And I've got a few more on the way. I'm very excited to be sharing those. So I'm ready to celebrate 100. If you've not already checked out XEP, it would mean the world if you did. Mr. Bowden? Yeah, so uh, you're already on the channel. So if you're not already subscribed, uh, please do. Uh, SeasonGaming.com, obviously visiting the site. Uh, a few new contributors joining the, the crew over at SG, which is great to see. New pieces coming out soon from them. Um, and then stay tuned as you're listening to this next week. Uh, definitely pay attention to the channel because I've got uh, a few kind of big conversations coming. We've got reviews. We've got a lot of new stuff we're kind of doing, um, which, uh, you know, will be really good. And lastly, just before you go, Joe, in all seriousness, um, I felt like giving a shout out to these two co-hosts. Um, specifically, and I know our community already knows this, but the content that they create specifically for xbox and playstation is second to none and i mean that quite literally um i listen to a lot of shows and i do a lot of research for the site and i do a lot of research on youtube channels i mean it's endless it's every day um and i i've listened to every xbox podcast you can name and every playstation podcast you can name and there are a lot of them that are very popular out there that don't give you a whole lot whereas um xcp and Trophy Room are truly genuine. The guys are fantastic. Obviously, these two co-hosts and Kyle um, in the picture as well. Um, and it's just these these types of shows, uh, XCP and Trophy Room, require or don't require. They deserve uh, more attention. And so if you are a fan of either platform, please, please check them out. Give them a chance because uh, I promise you, from a genuine standpoint and real information standpoint, they're giving you more than these other big name shows uh, that, you know, may be kind of in the mainstream. So just wanted to say that. I appreciate that. Ains. I got a question for you. Uh, you take check or is that the direct deposit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll give you the email to my rep at Square Enix. Um, he should be getting back to me. I haven't heard from him, but okay. you know, yeah. Yeah. they say they're real good. They're real timely. They're real timely. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something about, about being tied up. I don't know. I don't know. They, yeah. He yeah. sent me a picture of a beach, and I don't know what that was supposed to mean. But. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much, Hans. And honestly, right back at you. I watch a lot of shows, maybe way too many of them, and Bitcast. I genuinely feel like I think. I missed two weeks ago and I generally feel like I missed out and I love to see what you're doing and how that shows transforming and whoever the, the fourth, you know, <clears throat> permanent chair will be. I can't, I can't wait to see because you're in a transformative moment. It's really exciting to, to see how Bitcast has already evolved, but where it's going to be going from here, because yeah, you guys talk factual. There's no, there's no catchy, you know, thumbnail of people going, oh, it's, <laughs> it's real stuff, man. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we try to do as well with the trophy room is like try to balance, hey, we need to, we, we do need to have a headline that gets somewhere, someone here, but it's not like I'm going to name a game that's, you know, I'm not going to say Kena's the game of the year and it's not even out what? yet. What are you yeah. talking about? It's got to be. And that's going to be my headline. It's 9.7. It's not what we're going to do. Well, yeah, probably 9.8. Yeah, I'm being generous. Yeah, Those are ascent numbers, guys. Calm down. <laughs> uh, I played 40 minutes of the ascent. I thought that was a little bit too much. But I do want to I, give that game I another shake. The, the the patch is out, so... I've played nearly 30 hours. 
Did you enjoy the 30 hours? Because that didn't mean I, anything for you. No, no, I enjoyed parts of it. Uh, you can read my, you know, my complaints. Um, it, it's a good game. It is not a great game. Yeah. And my Joe, cat you... has joined in the last moment here. Hello. Sir. Oh, and it's butthole. That's good. Butthole. Butthole. Wow, he always shows it on camera. Yeah, he, he doesn't like to oh look my. at the camera. Oh, my basically. God. It's just flaunting. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Set your tail down, down, sir. Put your tail down. There you go. Uh, There's company. Joe, where do they find you in the Twitters? You can find me at Mr. Babbitt. You can find the Trophy Room at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find the Trophy Room show over at PS Trophy. Oh, sorry, PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find the Trophy Room and PlayStation Podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the video version on YouTube. And yeah, there you go. That's where you can find me. All where right, can guys. they find Thank you? you Did I say not say? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost. Insipid ghost. He's tired. He's a little cranky boy. I, I, it's, it's been a rough week. He didn't get his but, nap but today, I, Joe. Nap. We're back at work. There's no more naps, guys. Oh, how do no you function? <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. It's been rough. Uh, Joe, take us yeah. on out. Keep casting that co-op. <laughs> that was the best one yet. Was yeah. I didn't stutter. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, oh, no, uh, keep, no. I was complimenting no. you. Uh, keep... keep <laughs> Keep 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 casting a cup. <laughs>